0: And welcome to the Amazing Bible. Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at vab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at the end of Romans, chapters 12 through 16. As with all of Paul's letters, he begins with theology, the study of God, our beliefs, and then he ends with how those beliefs play out in our lives in the real world. Now, before we jump into how we are to live because of our belief in God, I'd like to review some of the doctrine that Paul taught in the first half of his book by sharing what is called the Roman's road or the Roman road. In the book of Romans, one can share with people how to become a Christian. There are some variations to this, and you can do a Google search. So what I'm sharing with you today is from my evangelism class, and it starts with number one, who God is. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 and Romans chapter 11 verses 33 through 36 God is the creator of the world. He is holy and worthy of praise and glory. Who man is. Romans chapter 1 verse 25 and Romans chapter 3 verse 10 and Romans chapter 3 verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our sin separates us from God. Number three, who Christ is. Romans chapter 1 verses 1 through 4, Romans chapter 8 verse 3, Romans chapter 8 verses 31 and 32. Jesus is the Son of God. Number four, what Christ has done for us. Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 26, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Christ died for us, which paid the price for our sin, and he arose from the dead, which is a free gift of God. What you must do, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. These are some great verses to memorize so that if you ever have an opportunity to share Christ with someone, it will be hidden in your heart and ready to come out when the time is there. We also learn that believers in Jesus then have no condemnation because Jesus took it upon himself, chapter 8, verse 1. We become a part of the family of God, Romans 8, verses 15 and 16, and with today's lesson we will learn that we are to live for Christ and we have hope that someday our salvation will be complete. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Therefore, Because of who God is, and who we are, and who Christ is, and what Christ has done for us, therefore, because of that, I urge you. This is not a suggestion from Paul. This is a passionate plea. We present our bodies to Christ. And did you catch that this is worship? Worship is not necessarily coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's actually possible to come to church and not worship the Lord. How we live is to be daily worship. Plus, we are not to be conformed to this world. How are we to be transformed? By renewing our minds. Ladies, let me ask you, how much time do you spend on Facebook or the internet or TV? Versus how much time do you spend reading the Bible, praying, singing praise music? The Church of America is in such a mess because our minds are not transformed with the things of God. We then transform our minds so that we may prove. I'm not fully sure yet if it means we are proving it to ourselves or to the world. What the will of God is. But God's will is good because God is good. His will is acceptable and perfect. Verse 3. We are not to think too highly of ourselves, but we are to have sound judgment. It seems that many women look too lowly of themselves. When I was a teenager, I was convicted that I kept putting myself down all the time And the Lord showed me that that also was self-centeredness. I was to focus on the Lord. And then as I grew in him, I realized that it is good to have sound judgment about ourselves. We are created by God. We are made in his image. He gave us gifts to use for his glory. We are special and loved. We are to live in truth about ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then we get to stand in awe When God does wonders through us and we thank him for it because he is the giver of the gifts. As Pastor Tim Will said, God doesn't say, go, I want to see what you can do. He says, go, I want to show you what I can do. Then Paul continues that everyone has different gifts. He lists them, prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation or encouragement, giving, leading, mercy. And this is not an exhaustive list. But love is key. We are to love one another, even those that persecute us. And ladies, this can only be done in the grace of Jesus Christ. We rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those who weep. Verse 15. We do not pay back evil for evil. We leave it into the hands of the Lord. Verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you... Be at peace with all men. Two things here, as far as it depends on you. There are some situations where you will never have peace, and that's okay, as long as we are honoring God and not adding fuel to the fire. The second point I want to make is to remember Paul and Barnabas had such a heated argument over John, Mark, and Acts that they parted ways. Paul is not perfect either. But he did ultimately make amends. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That was how Jesus died. That was how Jesus lived. And if we ask him to work in our lives, he can change us so that we can be proactive with the Lord instead of reactive to peoples and their ways. Now, chapter 13 is a section that the Church of America needs to hear. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. It does not matter if you are Republican or Democrat. Whoever is in charge, God in his sovereignty has placed them there to accomplish his plan. We saw that in the Old Testament with King Nebuchadnezzar. There is something about honoring authority that is placed over us that also shows that we honor the authority of Christ in our lives. Pastor Tim also said, authority gives us two choices. For example, go 55 miles per hour or if caught, pay. Both are under authority. And then he pointed out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. If the authority asks us to disobey God, our ultimate authority is Jesus Christ. And we are to serve him first. Paul then continued and say, pay taxes. And then verse 8 has convicted me. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Ladies, especially in this time in which we live, for us to have financial stability, we need to not owe, if at all possible. I have some credit cards that I need to make a priority to get out of debt. And the only debt we should have is to love others. And then Paul quoted Jesus who said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this fulfills the law. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 and Jesus said it also fulfills the prophets in verse 11 Paul says that the hour is nearer to us than when they first believed and ladies that hour is even nearer now and because of that we are to behave properly not like the world but we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision or do not give an opportunity For the flesh and its lust. Chapter 14 talks of how we are to treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not to pass judgment on them because they answer to God, not to us. Paul addresses three issues. And in the midst of that, in verse 14, Paul says, I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus Christ that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, To him, it is unclean. The first issue is eating. Let me give an example that we can relate to. If our sister in Christ believes that eating chocolate is a sin, then we do not serve her well by bringing a pan of hot fudgy brownies to ladies Bible study because we're free to eat chocolate. That is not serving our sister. Another example, holy days. Pastor Tim hated Christmas because he believed that every day was the Lord's Day. But since the majority of the church loved Christmas, we still had Christmas celebration. He just was a bit of a humbug. Paul tells us in verses 7 and 8 that not one of us lives for ourself and not one dies for ourself, but we live and die for the Lord. The third specific issue Paul addressed was drinking. For some people, drinking causes them to stumble in sin, and we are not to be the reason for someone to stumble. Now, on the other hand, Paul also said in verse 16, Therefore do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. There are people, ladies, who will try and control others to their beliefs. But if it is good for you, don't allow them to control you. God is the one we are to listen to. Like in the Gospels, John the Baptist did not drink alcohol, but Jesus did drink alcohol. And his first miracle was turning water into wine, not grape juice. Verse 17 reminds us that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but about righteousness and peace and building up one another. Then verses 22 and 23 say the faith, which you have, have as your own conviction before God, happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and whatever is not from faith is sin." Chapter 15, Paul said, we are to edify our neighbor, not tear them down, because Christ did not please himself, but God. Then Paul said in verse four, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. My Old Testament professor loved this verse. Why? What scriptures are Paul talking about? The Old Testament, the New Testament, is in the process of being written. Our Old Testament scriptures give us instructions. The Old Testament helps us to persevere, like when we read about Daniel in exile at Babylon. And the Old Testament gives us encouragement, like when we see how many Old Testament passages came true hundreds of years later. And we see that there are still promises that are not fulfilled, We can be encouraged that God is still on his throne and he keeps his word. Paul then asks for unity among the church, especially with the Jews and the Gentiles. And Paul quotes five Old Testament passages of how God included the Gentiles. Then starting in verse 14 of chapter 15, going into chapter 16, we have Paul's personal notes. Paul shared that his goal was not to go where others had gone in the Gentile world, but to go where the gospel had not been preached, and this is what kept him from getting to Rome. He then shared his goal was to go to Spain and to stop off at Rome on the way. Now, I read and reread the end of chapter 15, and I realized I made a mistake in session one. It seemed that Paul is writing this letter on the third missionary journey, not his second. Now, most commentators say he wrote it in Corinth. But truth is, I can't quite figure out how they came to that conclusion. The way Paul talked, it seemed that he is heading to Jerusalem now. And then his plan was to head to Spain. And after his second missionary journey, he went to Jerusalem. But then he went back to the churches that he had started. He ends this chapter asking them for prayers that he may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea and that his service in Jerusalem would be acceptable among the saints, so that he can come and visit them. Verse 33, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now one thing I read is that some ancient copies of the book of Romans do not have chapter 16, and it may be because when the scribes rewrote it for other churches, This last chapter would not be relevant to those churches, but chapter 16 continues that personal greeting and love to the believers that Paul knows who are in Rome. First, we see that Sister Phoebe brought the letter to Rome and Paul asked the church to help her in her needs because she has been quite a helper to many people and to Paul. Verses 1 and 2. Then Paul greets Priscilla and Aquila, whom he originally met in Corinth on his second missionary journey. Some translations say Prisca instead of Priscilla. I mentioned before that it's out of character for a female's name to be listed first, and two reasons that I have heard were that either she was the main teacher or that she was wealthy. There is also a church that meets in their house. He then goes through many names, and I will only point out a few. Verse 7, Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are outstanding among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Now, Junia is a female name. In my New Testament class, my professor said that in the oldest manuscripts, it reads Junia, the female name, not Junius, a male name. And if so, this is a place in scripture where a woman is listed as an apostle. Now, others say it is a script error and it is supposed to be Junius. That's why in some Bibles it reads Junius. Two things to note. There are quite a few women which Paul names that were a blessing to him. And secondly, sometimes we think of Paul as being a lone ranger, but he's not. He was surrounded by people in ministry of the Lord. Verse 17 is a warning to watch out against those who cause dissension and hindrances contrary to what they had been taught. But then Paul also reminds them that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under their feet. Verse 20. The people that are with Paul now are Timothy, Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, and Tertius, the scribe. It seems that Gaius is the host where they are staying, and Erastus and Cortus are also there. Paul then ends with a blessing. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. Ladies, this eternal God, this promise-keeping God, this God who has revealed himself through the scriptures, this wise God through Jesus Christ is able to establish you and to lead you to obedience through faith. The question is, are you willing? Today, if you hear his voice, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's love one another, serve one another, and listen and obey. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.